My story started on September 11th when I almost died three blocks south of the World Trade Center. Found myself in this utility closet with a bunch of strangers where I got pushed once the first tower fell. All these people kind of pushed me into this closet. I froze for the first time in my life. I felt like I was going to die. And then this woman came over to me and grabbed me by the shoulders, asked me my name. She said, Jennifer, I'm Nancy. The two of us were going to get out of here today. And we went for hours in the street, covered in soot, looking for a safe place until finally I took Nancy to the dojo, the martial arts school that I've been training at. And for the first time that day, I felt safe. Obviously I'm safe and she got home and we were okay. But the weeks and months and even years afterwards, that dojo became this refuge for me, this place where all I wanted to do was go there, connect mind, body, spirit, get to work because I was working it all out on the mats. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. And thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders. Jennifer Cassetta is nationally recognized keynote speaker, health and empowerment coach, a third degree black belt in Hapkido, and the author of The Art of Badassery, Unleash Your Mojo with the Wisdom of the Dojo. The book is for any woman who's ever felt burnt out, beaten down, or needs a reminder of how powerful she is. Jennifer teaches you how to get back up, no matter what life throws at you, how to level up your mind, body, and spirit, and how to turn your setbacks into secret weapons. We'll be talking about how to feel safe when things feel scary, how to build resilience from hardships, challenge, or failure, and tips for blocking the BS. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thanks for having me. So this book sounds like kind of a a guide to help us get our mojo back. Yes, I would say it's a guide to help women and really anyone. The principles relate to anyone, but I did write it for women. Help women get back up after they've been knocked down by any type of opponent, whether that be a financial hardship, a breakup, a divorce, grief, loss, pandemic, right? Exactly. You are a keynote speaker and your area is health and empowerment. So many women don't even understand the power they have to do whatever it is they want to do. There's a couple topics that you cover in the book. Where would you like to start? Let's start at the beginning. I use martial arts as a framework to create this seven-step process, if you will. And each step is a chapter. Each chapter represents a belt level in martial arts. So for example, white belt, and then we move all the way with the goal of black belt and beyond. White belt is essentially about embracing the sock. That's the title. And that's what we're doing when we're beginners on this journey. Wherever you find yourself in life, we're all on a journey of self-development, personal growth, self-help. I'm not ashamed to say I'm the biggest consumer of self-help books there is. (laughs) So we're all on this path. And white belt is about getting uncomfortable and getting on that mat, just like a martial artist starts out as a white belt, getting on the mat before even being faced with opponents. They're doing things in their body that's uncomfortable. They're working muscles they've never worked. They're stretching muscles they've never worked. You get sore, you get very uncomfortable fast. So you learn to embrace the suck, embrace the, the uncomfortable parts of life. And I just think life is not one long, smooth ride, as we could all agree. Things that suck are bound to happen. And the sooner that we can accept that as a fact, the sooner we can move on to pursuing the life we truly want. So there's exercises in the chapter to help you embrace the suck. And one of those is 
creating your greatest shits list, meaning going back into your past and just taking a look at all those times and actually writing down all of the times, all of the challenges in your life, all of the times where it felt like you couldn't go on or couldn't figure this out, or how would you get yourself out of bed in the morning? Those times, um, not to be dragged down by those distant memories and emotions, but to rise above them as the observer and just to point them out and say, hey, I've gotten through that, which leads us into the second exercise, which is about pulling into your future the secret weapons that you've developed because of the shits list. And those secret weapons could be anything from resilience to perseverance to empathy, generosity, leadership skills, you name it. First chapter is embracing all those things that maybe you're not even familiar with. And from there, we move on to the yellow belt chapter, which is how to bounce back, essentially how to get up, how to avoid a takedown altogether or get back up if we've been knocked down. And there are three strategies that I learned on the mat that can relate to everyday life. And the first one is the pivot. I feel like we've all mastered the pivot over the last few years, right? Working from home, homeschooling kids being isolated for long periods of time. Again, whatever that looks like for you, but I feel like we've we've done the pivot. So the second strategy is rolling with the punches. So sometimes life doesn't throw you just one punch, but it throws you a succession of punches and kicks over and over again. So we learn to take the impact of the hit, talk ourselves into a tiny ball, roll backwards and use that momentum to get us right back on our feet when the hits keep on coming. So literally in martial arts, we learn what's called mat work and it's how to fall and get back up, how to fall and get back up over and over and over again. So you get back up with more velocity and ease each time. So there's the rolling with the punches. And last but not least, we sometimes get knocked out for the count. And that's, again, those times in your life where you just feel like, whoa, how am I going to survive this? Maybe something's taken away from you, like a job, a relationship, or a person. There's no time to pivot or roll, but the only option is to really make an ultimate comeback. So recreating yourself, right, from the ground up and really thinking outside the box on just not how you would passively bounce back, but how you actively create the life that you want to create on the other side of this tragedy, trauma, or drama. It feels like almost a permission slip to say, okay, you've been knocked down. Yeah, that's okay. That happens. But hey, that doesn't have to be the end. Oh, definitely not the end. It's never the end until it's the end, right? Exactly. (laughs) And so then we go from yellow to orange belt and orange belt is how to block the BS. So again, as a martial artist on the mat, you're learning that if you don't start to learn blocking skills, how to block all those punches and kicks coming at you, that you'll spend way more time on the ground than necessary. So we drill these blocks over and over. And in general, there's different styles of blocking. There are hard blocks where an opponent's force is met with a force equal to or greater than the incoming assault. Or there are softer blocks where you blend with the initial assault only to redirect it either out into space or back at your opponent. So the bottom line is there are plenty of options. And the more you practice, the easier it becomes to set boundaries with your boss, your kids, anyone trying to take advantage. Do you feel like this chapter would be a little different if it was for men than for women? I would say that women do have unique experiences that they need to block that a lot of men don't have, (laughs) right? So there are lots of examples that I use 
and I pulled lots of different women from different groups I'm involved in and, and actually took real life examples of things that were said to them, done to them, things that they've had to block or should have blocked in their past. So real life examples that you can use going into any uncomfortable situation where again, maybe you're being manipulated or put down or insulted even. And then obviously there's lots of other more harsher forms of verbal, mental, emotional, and even physical assaults that happen to women that on a more regular basis than I believe happen to men. So we go from orange to, so we go from orange to green belt. And the lesson of the green belt is to find your roar or essentially your powerful voice, your powerful communication style even. And in martial arts on the mat, we learn a technique called a kiop, which translates to a spirited yell. If you've ever watched any type of martial arts movie, even Cobra Kai or The Karate Kid, you see it. You see people punching and kick with this kiop, this loud yell. And you get to choose your style of kiop. You get to choose the word you use. It's it's really cool. At first, very intimidating kind of to choose your own yell and style. But at around Greenbelt, you start to own it and you start that powerful voice starts to seep into other areas of your life. So when I was training in my for my green belt, all of a sudden I had more power in my voice and started to use it for different things like setting my rates in my business or standing up to street harassment or again, manipulative bosses or clients that I had at the time. So this chapter helps you develop your personal style of communication, both outward, outwardly, the words we use outwardly, and more importantly, our inner dialogue, the way we speak to ourselves. So it's kind of taking you on a journey as you recognize these things. And now you're giving yourself your voice and you're speaking up. And so we go from green to? To blue belt. And blue belt is about how to elevate your energy. Essentially, at this point in our journey, we start to come aware of our chi, ki, prana, whatever word you choose to use. But what the words that Eastern cultures use to describe our life force energy, the energy that keeps us alive and vibrant. I think it's so interesting that our culture here in the States and in the West in general doesn't even have a term for it, doesn't recognize it. And yet, coincidentally not, we're all heading for burnout. And yet in the Eastern cultures, they recognize that we have this life force energy and there's even whole systems to try and regenerate it, right? Like Tai Chi and Qigong and these different things. So, or even acupuncture. So this chapter is really about radical self-care. Just, and honestly, I use the word radical self-care, but I don't even think it's that radical. It's really simple things that as a health coach for the last two decades, I realized even the most successful people are not taking care of themselves on a regular basis. We'd rather go, 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 work, 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 and all of the truly important things to help keep us running are left by the wayside. And when we're most stressed, when we have the most challenges going on, our self-care usually takes a total backseat to um, to our lives. So really it's simple stuff like drinking enough water, eating whole foods, laying off the things that really speed us up and give us artificial energy because they wind up burning us out quicker, getting rest, getting enough sleep, getting natural sunlight, right? These things shouldn't be radical. Can we just address the elephant in the room here? Yeah. You mentioned energy drinks and 
I work with people coming off of drugs and alcohol into recovery. Mm. And besides cigarettes, they get really attached to these energy drinks. And it seems like people don't even understand Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they're not good for you. Can you just talk about that a little? Absolutely. They're actually really horrible and dangerous for you. Um, Everything from your bones, they, over time, these drinks will leach minerals from your bones. So osteoporosis sets in earlier and earlier, especially all these teenagers that are addicted to these energy drinks these days. Um, I find them just so dangerous. So essentially you're over-caffeinating yourself and people can do it with even coffee too. Granted with that, I just always like to say, I'm not a Debbie Downer. I drink my coffee. Um, I love a cup of coffee in the morning. However, I also know when coffee starts running me versus me running my coffee. And that's where we need to get a handle on these energy zapping substances, whether they be energy drinks, too much coffee, even sugar. But back to the energy drinks, if you're over caffeinating yourself all the time, you're constantly stimulating your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands are pumping out stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, et cetera. Again, over time, if you're constantly in that fight or flight response, fight or flight part of your nervous system, which which you're doing by, by putting your body in that state, eventually for some people, those adrenal glands will go kaput and say, I don't, <laughs> you know, no more, we're not working anymore. And that's when people find themselves in this severe states of fatigue. They're going to the doctor, like, I don't know what's wrong with me or, you know, severe weight gain starts to happen. They can't understand why there's no more motivation. And even a lot of times doctors can't figure out why, but essentially it's adrenal fatigue. As you were talking, it made me think about how often rather than do the self-care, which you say is really, I mean, it sounds radical, but it's really easy. Rather Mm -hmm. than do that self-care, we'll do something, energy drink, something that is, is like a, I always like to say cheap imitation. (laughs) A lot of times with moms, you hear this, they, they don't even know what self-care is anymore. They, right. they don't feel like they have permission. That element of self-care, and it's not just taking a bath. It's like, mm-hmm. I love what you said, drinking water. Yeah. The blue is the radical self-care. And then where do we go from there? From there, we go to the red belt, which is connecting with your inner warrior, the chapter is called, but essentially it's about going within, having some type of mindfulness practice, whatever that looks like to you, breathing, meditation, journaling, gratitude, even anything that helps calm your nervous system enough so that you can tap into that higher guidance. Um, Again, in the chapter, what I call your inner warrior, you can call it your soul, your spirit, um, God, whatever, you know, speaks to you. I truly believe that there's just this source of creativity, um, of someone trying to keep us safe or someone, something, some spirit, whatever. And when we're listening, when we're actually carving out that time to be quiet is when we can hear it versus again, just running, 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 running to-do lists, scrolling, binging TV, numbing, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. There's never time to really go within and connect. And when we do, as a martial artist, it helps us enhance our intuition so to keep us safe. And I think outside of the dojo, it can also keep us safe and it can help lead us towards 
our most badass lives, whatever that looks like, right? You get to hear your spirit and its wants and its needs, and it's pulling you towards opportunities and people that light you up and gives you the message to, to pull away from things that drag you down. So would you say if you have a, you called it a mindfulness routine, is that once a month, once a week, once a day, twice a day? Okay, good question. <laughs> For me, it's daily. I recommend it to be daily. But honestly, if you're starting from zero and you did something weekly, that would be an improvement. It doesn't always have to be all or nothing. and It doesn't have to be overnight. But I started my meditation practice years and years ago, and I started with a timer with three minutes on my phone. And I went from three minutes to five minutes, five minutes to seven minutes, et cetera, et cetera, to where now every morning for 20 minutes, that's how I start my day. It has changed my life completely. It has changed the way I feel, think, act, all of it. It's like I'm in the driver's seat of my feelings and my emotions for the most part, right? <laughs> for the most part. Of course, I get pulled and spiraled, but but I get to get back to center much more quickly these days than prior to my meditation practice. You mentioned that you will fall into that self-help and you'll read every book. I also love motivational seminars, workshops, and yes. always that is, to me, that is the key that we have this daily connection that, you know, all the people that I look up to do that. And so I do it too. And I, I push it. I've never heard someone say, I used to take time every day and it sucked and my life was horrible. <laughs> so I feel like it's got to work on some level. It's true. Everyone that I've, I've ever heard that actually has a daily, and I just say meditation again, it could be journaling, it could be whatever it feels good to you, but is like, oh my God, it's changed my life. It really can. And it doesn't have to be an hour a day or whatever it is. It can literally be just a few minutes. I love how we go from step one on the mat where you're like white belt and you're, you don't even know really what the mat is. And now we're getting in touch with our, our warrior. Yeah. <laughs> so where, do, where do we go from red? Red. So this is the level of the black belt, which is the, the goal of when you start training. When I first started training, I would look up to these specifically in my dojo, these women that were so fierce and so badass and watch them, you know, with their sword forms and their weapons and you know, I thought that was what being a black belt was about. But as I moved through the levels of the belt, I realized that it was about so much more. And truly, it's about leadership. It's about being a teacher, a mentor, a coach, and helping others rise through those ranks as well. And I would back then kind of question that and say, but me, a leader, like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't work in corporate America. I didn't have any type of titles or anything. I realized that being on the mat and teaching every day helped develop these values in me that I can use in all areas of my life. And one specifically that I that I share in the book is these stances, right? We drill these these physical stances over and over and over again and they keep us very steady and grounded physically and then in life that translates to taking a stand for other people for causes that are greater than yourself that you care about that are close to your heart and you get to stay steadier in the face of adversity so when people are trying to tear you down or knock you down you really stay grounded because you you're able to take a stand for others and get outside of yourself that was a big learning lesson for me and i started to realize that it wasn't just teaching people how to kick 
perfectly or punch or whatever it was, or take down someone. It was really about, Hey, maybe this person feels stronger today. Maybe they were able to go home and leave a relationship that was dangerous or not serving them. Or maybe they were able to develop the confidence to go into their work and ask for the promotion they deserve. Whatever that is, I started to feel like that my influence was expanding the more that I taught. I think we can agree. It seems like everybody wants to make a difference. Mm. But I love how you said, who, me be a leader? I think there comes that place when you are making a decision to better your life, where all of a sudden you're kind of looking back going, oh, I, I think I am a leader. Yeah. And then to have this kind of guidance to be like, okay, yes, you are. And this is how you lead is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few things in the chapter, just little guidance. And, and like one, I would say not a warning, but also remembering what comes with being a leader. And it's like, people will watch your actions. They're going to listen to your words. So you want to start being, taking a little, taking more personal responsibility for what you put out in the world and really making sure you understand how it's landing, the impact that it's having, et cetera. I feel like this is a book everybody should read, every woman at least, to recognize that it is a journey. I feel like the way you have walked us through these levels is a way that, like, you don't just go from white to black. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Talk a little bit about moving through the levels. I mean, really, it's it's kind of my story. <laughs> the martial arts framework, I made up the levels and what they mean, essentially. I made it up based on my experience. I walked through those levels and had this 10-year journey of self-development and growth, which created this framework. And my story started on September 11th when I almost died three blocks south of the World Trade Center. Found myself in this utility closet with a bunch of strangers where I got pushed once the first tower fell. All these people kind of pushed me into this closet. I froze for the first time in my life. I felt like I was going to die. And then this woman came over to me and grabbed me by the shoulders, asked me my name. She said, Jennifer, I'm Nancy. The two of us were going to get out of here today. And we went for hours in the street, covered in soot, looking for a safe place until finally I took Nancy to the dojo, the martial arts school that I've been training at. And for the first time that day, I felt safe. Obviously I'm safe and she got home and we were okay. But the weeks and months and even years afterwards, that dojo became this refuge for me, this place where all I wanted to do was go there, connect mind, body, spirit, get to work because I was working it all out on the mats. So that is really how the story starts. That's how the book starts. And it's been 21 years since, and I'm still working through the levels. And the thing about black belt level really is once you're there, you realize that's not the end. You actually realize it's just the beginning and life will test us by throwing us challenges from each level. And we constantly have to right go back to those belt levels and say, oh yeah, I learned this lesson and I, and I got it this time. So I believe we're always kind of just going down and up and down and up and all over the place on that white to black belt framework. About this book, it said, how to feel safe when things are scary. And I think so often women are in positions where they do feel scared and they have to manifest toughness or whatever. Before we wrap up, we're almost out of time, but I feel like this might be a really great place to end is how do we feel safe when we are scared? Uh, so much. So obviously part of my 
life is teaching self-defense. And I really think it's something that I, that every woman, everyone should really take, at least learn the basics because you start to feel safer in your body. Even, okay, most people will never have to to use the physical things that I teach in the self-defense class. But before I teach the physical, I'm teaching the mental, being situationally aware, aware of your surroundings, being able to tune into your intuition that's telling you if you're in danger or not, being able to set powerful boundaries for people that are encroaching on them, both physically, mentally, verbally, et cetera. Um, and then the last part of it is that how to communicate them powerfully. And then if you're in a, in a physical situation where you need your self-defense skills, that's where they come in. But the everything leading up to that, I call it the mental part of self-defense, is something that we can use every single day when we're just out and about or doing our jobs or commuting or whatever. Um, and you, the more you practice those skills, the more confident you feel, period. You walk through the world differently than if you if you don't have them. We're talking with Jennifer Cassetta. Just last month, published the book, The Art of Badassery. Unleash your mojo with the wisdom of the dojo. Where can we get your book? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere that books are sold. And do you have a website? Yes, it's jennifercassetta.com. And I'm on social media at Jen Cassetta, two N's, two S's, two T's. Well, thank you so much. You too, Lori. Thank you. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us next week as we continue to talk with people who are making a difference.